Steph. And I'm Gilda. And this is Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get high and talk about Saturday Night Live. Yes, and tonight is a classic episode. This is also the last one that Steph and I will be recording in person for a while. We're recording this in early October. You're probably not going to hear it till November or December. So, there's that. Tis the season. Yeah! <laughs> Merry holidays, y'all. Anyway, tonight's episode was hosted, it's season 2, episode 21. It aired on May 14th, 1977. It was hosted by Shelley Duvall. The musical guest was Joan Armitrading. Yeah, and the cold open starts, and you see John Belushi and Shelley Duvall wearing bee costumes, and Lauren is there talking to him, and there's some sort of mix-up, some sort of commotion, so Shelley Duvall sort of separates herself and addresses the camera and introduces herself, um, which is just very weird and unprecedented in the cold opens, but whatever. We went on, and... (laughs) It was like something saying, oh, since NBC paid for this fight and the fight was only 56 seconds long, they're going to be showing it because, you know, boxing matches, it's generally a pay-per-view event or, you know, it's they pay a lot for ad time or to have the event. So they were going to air this since they didn't get their money's worth. So we start watching it, but then it cuts to a TV in the back and it's like, a makeup stand slash staging area. For, like, for, Lorraine and Gilda. Yeah, Lorraine and Gilda, Jane Curtin, and then Shelley Duvall's there. Lorraine and Gilda start fighting, right? Yeah, and then Jane Curtin, like, broke it up, and they were all just kind of, like, hanging around this little green room area, and then some guy comes and says, oh, 30 seconds, and so they all take off their jackets or whatever, and they're wearing their costumes for the next little bit, which... Ended up being like a musical performance by all the girls, Shelly, Gilda, Lorraine, and Jane. And this song was called Video Vixens. Yeah, it was like sexifying SNL slash comedy and saying they live for making you laugh hard. Uh, the joke here being um, sex. <laughs> um, there were lots of sex noises and yeah. like it was... Honestly, again, based on things they've said in Live from New York, in that, like, oh, it was so hard to get this on the air or that on the air. And then I see something like this, and it's like, this is so obvious. Yeah, they were like, harder, harder. Yeah. It was a lot. Yup. And it was like, I don't know, 4.30 when we started that. So, like, and it was the afternoon. It was a lot for the afternoon. Never, I, it would it would have been a lot for late. Night it was twenty twenty one, you know. Yeah, like I can't imagine being in seventy seven and seeing four women writhing on my screen, screaming harder. Like, how did that get past the censors? Yeah, they're all <laughs> thinking about going down on somebody. Yes. Oh no, it was it was a lot. Um, it was way too long. Way too long. I felt like so much in this episode was just way too long. Yeah. Everything went on far I, too long. I was just sitting next to you and I'm like, oh God. Like, it's really hard because I want to talk about the episode with you while it's happening. But the whole point is that we need to talk about it after. So like, I'm sitting there and I have so many thoughts. And I it's just awkward, si- not awkward silence, but just like, Oh no, like this has been going on for eight minutes. Like, yeah, like, oh shit. We're, we're both writing furiously, and it's just, yeah, not, nothing good happens when anyone writes that hard. For that long. No, nope. we're just sitting there watching. And so, uh-uh. okay, the next sketch to unfold is a bank robbery scene. And Dan Aykroyd is the main bank robber, 
and he is holding up the bank, and his people come in, and it's Gilda Radner, John Belushi, and Garrett Morris, and they are just as a witch, cowboy, and ghost, respectfully. Um, respectively? I don't respectively. know. Respectively. <laughs> I said respectfully, and I was like, that sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, you were saying respectfully they looked like these things. Yeah. Morris had a sheet over his head. So, you know, respectfully, he was an insect. Or no, he was a ghost. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd uh, was an insect, but it was just a pantyhose and oranges. Right. And so Shelley Duvall's character, she's working at the bank, I think. And she's like, what is up with this? What are you supposed to be? And he's trying to convince them really hard that he's um, some sort of insect. He puts, like, two pencils in his mouth and... Uh, John Belushi and Gilda Radner were like, hey, what the heck? Like, we put so much money and time into these costumes, and then you come in, and this is just insulting. And Garrett Morris was like, yeah, I found out about this yesterday, and here I am. I'm a ghost. And so then Bill Murray, another bank employee, um, lines everybody up for a costume contest, which Garrett Morris won, by the way. Um, And... Shelley Duvall ends up changing her mind, and now she thinks that Dan's whole insect getup is great and actually the best. And then the FBI bank squad comes in, and they're dressed like, I don't even know. Okay, so the whole thing was they were supposed to be dressed as, like, uh, three, it was, like, Harlequin outfits, like, on a a deck of cards, And they couldn't do that, so they had to make their own costumes. And then the FBI bank squad comes in dressed as the Harle- dressed in the Harlequin outfits, and that was that. That was it. I was so high, I didn't really recognize that for what it was. Yeah, Every so, time they said that, I just pictured Margot Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, yep, valid. Uh, yeah, no, the joke was that they were the ones that swept in and got the costumes for the bet. Yeah, anyway. Interesting. Uh, we then went into the first musical performance by Joan Armatrading. She performed Love and Affection. Uh, this reminded me of, like, an earlier Tracy Chapman, and then it was, like, a mix of Joni Mitchell and Tracy Chapman, and I liked it, but I'm also kind of over the sad performances of the musical guests in the back half of this season. That was a really accurate way to describe what this was. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a little bit of a downer. Would be nice to have some upbeat, fun music. Fuck, it was like we had the kinks and they tore through that bitchin' set and ever since then it was like, oh, you really enjoyed that? You were happy? Here's the downers of the... Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Um, oh God, the next sketch was just a goddamn mess. The next sketch was a sketch where I was like, wow, this is going on way too fucking long. Yeah. It was three men on a triple date, or three, there were three guys on a triple date to the right. You could see they were all kind of dressed the same. And then there were three women on a triple date. They were all meeting men named George, or had there, there were Georges in the name, and yeah. then uh, it was Ricardo's, or I can't remember, it was three, it was three... I didn't try to get their names. Spin, no, it was ridiculous. And like, because the whole thing was they didn't know their own names. They didn't know their own names. They didn't know who they were. And I think the joke here was that none of them were any of these people, obviously. Like, there were not three celebrities hanging around. Anyway, it was just them trying to figure out who was who. And, oh, well, how do we figure it out? Here's the car keys. We'll figure it out by that. It was very odd. It went on way too long. And then in the back of the sketch, as the sketch is ending, you see another three women on a triple date with three other guys. It was... 
it was just fucking strange. I don't know if it was like some generational humor that went way over my head. Like I recognized some of the names and the jokes were like all of the names of the groups were similar. It was like Betty this, something Bets. When they were reading off the names, it was funny. Yeah, but there were like 12 names and I'm way too fucking high to write that shit down. And it wasn't honestly even, it wasn't funny enough for us to post. So just take our word for it. It was weird. It was fucking strange. Um, And then we went into Weekend Update, which started off with Jane Curtin on the phone, and I didn't get down what she was talking about. No, it seemed like she was, uh, oh, I think she was talking about, like, Chevy Chase's performances post-Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. Because right previously, the bumper was Chevy Chase sitting in the audience, and it said, used to be on the show, and he was, like, picking his nose when the camera got to him. Obviously, this was pretty planned. Um, It was cute. I believe the Jane Curtin stuff is referencing everything he had done since leaving Saturday Night Live. So, I could be very wrong. The first joke was that after the success of the David Frost-Richard Nixon interviews, David Frost had plans to interview... President, U.S. Presidents Johnson, Kennedy, Eisenhower, Truman, and FDR, and when people pointed out the, you know, not the lack of feasibility of that plan, he responded, well, if people believe Nixon, they'll believe anything, and I thought that was just fucking great. That was really funny. That was one of the best weekend update jokes in the past few weekend updates. I agree. It's lately been a little bit of a drag, but Uh that kind of woke it up a bit. Uh Uh, There was another Patty Hearst joke, except instead of it being, like, a stick figure drawn thing uh the image that they showed when they were talking about patty hearst was like i don't know what what it's called Um, it's like that classic image it's like a prairie i don't know house little not little house in the prairie but it's little it's called christina's world it is a woman sitting in a field like reaching towards a house in the background it's by andrew wyeth barn andrew wait Barnes may be in the name of it. Christina's World by Andrew Wyeth. Okay, whoops. There's a barn in the picture. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little house in the picture. Yeah, it's a Museum of Modern Art in 1948. Um, And so, yeah, that was the picture they showed. I enjoyed that. Um, there was also a joke about Roy Rogers, uh, he said after he died he wanted to be stuffed and mounted on his horse, who was always, who was already stuffed. Uh, they also talked to his wife, who said she wanted to be stuffed and mounted, but not in that order, and again, goddammit, weekend update, you're going for it. Yeah, that was another one where I was like, what about these censors? Right! I, you're like, again, obvious! Anyway. Yeah, we had... This advertisement in the middle of Weekend Update for the Black Educational Conference. And I'm pretty sure it was that same fucking fight they've been showing to us all night long. Probably should have Googled what the fuck this fight was, but you know what? I'm I'm honestly not that interested. Context clues. I think I get it. Dwayne Bobek or Bobek, if you want to look it up. Okay. Um, like, to the listeners. Yeah. I was like, okay, Jesus. Um, it was saying that, you know, black people, they'd been subjugated for 400 years, and now they want to, uh, quote, unquote, beat up on whitey. Um, and then they, yeah, their slogan for this 
commercial was a better, a better educated black man is a weaker opponent. I believe they were saying if black men don't get educated, they are thugs. And if they, if you send them to school, then you will be able to beat them up and physically dominate them easier. So that was a nice dash of racism halfway through Weekend Update. Yeah. Um, came out of that, and next thing I had my notes was Emily Latella, except she wasn't there, so Jane Curtin calls her at her house and gets the answering machine. It's like Emily Latella saying to leave your message after the Jeep. Jeep. And yes. so Jane Curtin says, it's beep, Emily, not Jeep. You should know this. And then... Turns out Emily Latella was listening and just saying that, I guess, just really fucking with Jane Curtin. Props to Emily Latella for that. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, that's very different. Jane Curtin just looks at the phone. It's like, okay. Like, she calls bitch. her a stupid woman. Oh, she called her, yes, a stupid, ignorant, stupid, annoying, I can't remember which, but she called her a stupid woman and as she was hanging up, you hear bitch. Yeah. So that was funny. That was probably, ah, did I just fuck that up? No, it's moving. Okay. Is Whoops. it? Yeah. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it just caught the... Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yes. It caught your hello. Oh, gosh. I honestly kind of want to leave that in. Is it just staring <laughs> intensely at the iPad? Very hello? high right now. Scream into the microphone. Fuck. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, we then moved into a sketch that starts with John Belushi sitting in like a set chair as Elvis. Bill Murray's playing the colonel. He's standing behind him. Gilda Radner's a PA, I believe. And she's like, hey, we need you on set in 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. We need you on set now. Bill Murray's like, hey, five more minutes. And so he's like, no, this is a good move. You have to nail this role. And it turns out it's Viva Las Vegas 2. Uh, Shelley Duvall and Dan Aykroyd are on a date, if you can call it that. Um, and it's like a real date, but it's happening on the set of this film, I guess. No, no, I thought it was just in the movie. It oh, was like that was portraying him as like a. I think it was. I think it was part of it. Why did I think this was a very legit date? Okay, <laughs> maybe, but I was interpreting this whole sketch a little bit differently. I, I was a little bit more dramatically. I perhaps. was under the impression, Dan, because Dan Aykroyd's like, "Oh, I paid for these tickets. It's a thousand dollars." And she's like, "Oh, Shelley Duvall's like, you didn't need to do that." And he's like, but I did, and I did this, and it's a thousand dollars. And he's like, so what? You want to come back to my place later? She's like, no, nah, I have to get up early. And he's like, okay, well, I have a pool. She's like, I have to get up early. He's like, I've spent it's the second date. I've spent three million dollars on you. You know, you think you think it's time for you to you know give a little something too? And I'm like, okay, ew, nope, not how that works. Um, yeah. And then like El John Belushi's Elvis is the busboy. And he's like, I'm going to be a star someday. And Dan Aykroyd's like, but he's just a busboy. And everyone's like, give him a chance. And Garrett Morris comes in. He's like, he can really sing. And then he starts. And all the while, Can't Help Falling in Love With You is playing in the background. And then it switches to John Belushi, Shelley Duvall, and Garrett Morris doing a reenactment of Hamlet on stage, but in like a very Elvis slash Shelley Duvall, like, New Yorker, and I don't know what the fuck Garrett Morris is doing, but it was just a mishmash of Hamlet, and then uh, John Belushi as Elvis breaks into Jailhouse Rock, and everyone starts dancing, and Dan Aykroyd's like, but he's just a busboy! And again, like, alright, I, I, I guess, it, 
It was a thing. Yeah. I, I, I really don't know the purpose. The sketch felt very long. Yeah. Like the whole like back and forth of four sketches in one. Yeah, right? That guy who was oh, Dan talking to Shelly. Like it was just gross. It could have mm-hmm. been way shorter. Yeah, it was just icky. Um, yeah. We went into Baba Wawa, um, typical. Uh, she was talking to Richard Burton, played by Bill Murray. Um, she noted that he was the man who was married to Liz Taylor for the longest amount of time. Was he the one that was married to her twice too? I'm not sure about that. Have you read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hardcastle? No. You have to. <laughs> it's like it's a it's like a Hollywood love story, but like a lesbian Hollywood love story Whoa. from the nineteen forties. And Whoa. it's like people draw parallels between that story and Taylor Swift and Carly Claus because oh, Taylor Swift yeah. drops Easter eggs to this book in all of her in like so many lyrics. Okay. It's fucking wild. Okay. Liz Taylor, Richard, Burton. Burton. Made me think of Tim Burton. Twice. Uh, yeah. 64, Elizabeth Taylor read Richard Burton. Ten years later, the pair filed for divorce, and then in 75, they married briefly again. Okay. Don't know why I needed to fact check that, but apparently I did. Um, they were married, and Barbara Walters asks Bill Murray's Richard Burton, what was Wiz Willie Wyke? And... God damn it. Like, I'm really... the ba- Baba Wawa is getting better, but I'm kind of over it at this point. Or at least they've been using it so much I'm ready to not see her for a while. Um, that being said, Bill Murray, again, had one of the grossest lines of the fucking night. Mm-hmm. He was showing Baba Wawa pictures of... Uh, Liz Taylor, and you assume because he's not showing the audience their private personal pictures, and he's like, you see what I see? You see that? And she's like, mm-hmm, I do. And he's like, I was married to that. I could have that every night whenever I wanted, and I just, my skin fucking crawled. That is not how that works. Yeah, and up to, until then, I was really enjoying Bill Murray in this sketch. Yeah. Like, he did this really funny little Midwestern voice for a second. <laughs> It was good, but then he had to say that, and I was like, ooh. Oh, yeah, Bill Murray. He's not being great lately. Yeah. We then had a home movie by, was it Sharon Sachs? Correct. Okay, and Shelley Duvall was like, well, since it's June, the theme of this one is what else? Brides. And I'm like, ma'am, it is May. None of this makes sense, Shelley. No. Uh, that it was just, like, footage of brides, and they were like, why are men afraid of brides? Well, because brides look like dinnerware, and men are afraid of dinnerware. And some couples are, it was just fucking, like, wacky-ass jokes about weddings? It was like, some couples are choosing to go with a wedding joke instead of vows. 20 years ago, only blondes were allowed to be brides, which, fuck you. Um... Yeah. But then it took this really weird turn where all of a sudden it was the bride's parents looking at the wedding, like the sheets from the night before. Right. And you're like, okay, ew, gross. And they're looking at blood on them. Right. And so you're, you may, you, uh, your brain connects to what your brain just connected to. Um, God, we were just talking about the fucking TikToks yeah. earlier. Okay. God. <laughs> I uh, just saw a TikTok about how medieval women could fake their virginity on their wedding night. Very fascinating stuff. Um, so anyway, so there's blood on a sheet, and you're like, oh, okay, so she bled. And then it goes into the bedroom, the camera cuts, and it's like two holes on the neck of a man, and the bride is like, thank you, mother, I'm finally a woman. And she turns into a bat and flies out the window. 
Yeah, and it was like 1977 home movie graphics, but pretty good. Yeah, honestly, I... It was really fucking weird, and I'm not totally sure what the theme was connecting the different scenes, but I liked it. Yeah, so. same. I tried to look up this person, Sharon Sachs. Didn't really get too far. Nope. A bit too high. <laughs> um, the next sketch was Bad Ballet, again, with Dan Aykroyd, again. And he was talking about some Soviet method ballet where they had all these... Girls, well, they had Gilda, Shelley, and Lorraine in white tutus, and then Garrett Morris in a black tutu, and then John Belushi in, like, I don't know, like a regular costume, I don't remember who it was supposed to be. Um, and then there was Bill Murray as, like, a tapping soldier, like tap dancing, and Dan Aykroyd was the state poultry inspector, and he, he was definitely the best part of this because... In his dance, he did a lot of floor work, <laughs> and I, I love floor work, you know, and he really put his all into it. I laughed a lot at this sketch. Yeah, it was all very, um, yeah, I don't really know if I had that many thoughts about the sketch other than I thought it was amusing. I wasn't really sure what was going on during any of it, but at this point, bad theater, bad ballet, I'll, wa- I'll watch it, all right. It's not really my thing, but it's mildly amusing. It was. The next. All right. So there was a cult. I believe they were called the Moonies. Well, yeah, this sketch was titled Night of the Moonies. Um, And this had Garrett Morris and Dan Aykroyd standing with uh, Shelley Duvall tied to a chair and Shelley Duvall is, I guess, part of the Unification Church? Yes, the Family Federation for World Peace and Unification, widely known as the Unification Church. Sometimes colloquially, colloquially that's not a word you should be able to, that's not a word you can pronounce when you're high. Mm. Uh, sometimes colloquially known as Moonies. Um, I believe this is the one where people were just, like, mass married to one another. And, like, God, I've listened to a number of podcasts that have covered this, but, like, have you seen, like, it's, like, people just, like, get paired up based on who the church thinks. It's, like, okay, you two are going to be good together. Hang on, hang on. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's not anything I'd ever want to be involved in. Um, anyway, so they're trying to, like, deprogram Lorraine Newman. No, oh, I thought it, was... it was Shelley Duvall, sorry. Mm-hmm. They both have a very wide-eye look. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they're trying to deprogram Shelley Duvall. And then they're, like, oh, the door... The door, it must be Burger King, and it was actually just Reverend Sun Moon Kim or Sun Kim, I, I don't know. John Belushi. It was John Belushi, and he was portraying the leader of the Unification Church, and they're trying to, he's like, oh, it's just like your wife, and he brings in Lorraine Newman, who was Dan Aykroyd's wife, and she had turned into a Mooney, and she's like, oh, I gave all of our things away to him, and he's like, we're keeping all of the electric stuff, and then Dan Aykroyd becomes... A, he becomes a quote-unquote Mooney, and um, Bill Murray, it's, it's like they're zombies, and they're trying to like get in the windows, and they're trying to board up the windows, and then Bill Murray shows up and is like, oh my god, there's so many of them, and just starts shooting people, and like picking them off. Yeah, there's, they're all zombies, and he starts shooting all of them, 
And as soon as this happens, I'm like, oh no. I know, like. Like a bunch of people and one of them isn't a zombie, except he is the only black cast member. Um. Yeah, and he's like, no, no, I'm not a Mooney. And Bill Murray's like, oh, cause Bill Murray gets on his radio and he's like, oh wow, there's a lot of them. I'll be right there, I only got one more to kill. They were Gar- all dead. They were all dead. And Garrett Morris was alive, but he wasn't a Mooney. And it was like, oh no. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. And he just shoots him and he's like, all right, cool, I'm all done. And he leaves. And it was like, God fucking damn it. Yeah, he shot him twice. Yeah. No. Oh, God. I like Bill Murray, but my God, he is wound up in a lot of problematic shit. That was horrific. And that wasn't even the end of the sketch. The sketch ended with Shelley Duvall, like, crawling out and being all creepy as shit. Yeah, she was like, join us. I do not know. No. Um, we then went into the second musical performance by Joan Armatrading. She performed Down to Zero. I thought I had heard this song before. I hadn't. It just sounded like another song that I knew. But I can't put my finger on that. But this wasn't what I thought it was. Again, I mean, it was good. I, she has a wonderful voice. But my God, I'm just tired of sad music. Like, again. I... It is depressing. Yeah, it's like, I get it, that's their thing. Like, I'm not asking them to perform something that's not them, but we need to stop booking sad singer-songwriter types. It's just... Back to back. Yeah, and it, it just kills the vibe of the show. Who's in the mood to laugh after that? And then we go into a sketch that literally I don't think anybody laughed during at all. So long and just not good. It... I would say it was a 10 to 1, but it was more like the fucking 15 to 1. Like, yeah. It just didn't end. And so Shelley Duvall's pregnant, and they're like at a buffet, a steak buffet. With her husband, Dan Aykroyd. Yes, who's just being a dick straight from the start. Yep. And they're talking about how she wanted, they're at Kmart, she wanted to get the A Star Is Born soundtrack on uh, the, uh, the Star Is Born uh, movie soundtrack album, and he couldn't be spared the six ninety five because... He's renovating his van, and he's yelling at her and being absolutely cruel and abusive. Yeah, no, Shelley Duvall's pregnant and Dan Aykroyd's abusive. That was the two. I don't know their names. But why do we keep getting sketches where husbands and wives are arguing and yelling at one another and they don't like each other? Like... Yeah, I had a similar thing written in my notes. Like, why is this a recurring type of sketch that we keep seeing? It doesn't work any of the times. And it's like, is this what parents of the cast members were like? Like, is this what they grew up knowing? Is this the type of couplage that was in the 70s? Like, I don't know if they're, like, modeling what they see or what they've seen or, like, what's current. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it's... Not what a healthy relationship looks like at all. And it doesn't really belong on a comedy show. No. I, and then, okay, so they just keep yelling at one another about this fucking van. And then it gets really horrific. And she's, uh, it was just, it was bad. Um, And then they like patch it up. And he's like, you know, all right, all right, I'll buy you the album. And it's like, it's just like the other sketch that we had with Sissy Spacek and John Belushi, where it ends and he's like, what do you say we go down to 7-Eleven and I'll buy you a Slurpee? And it's like, that doesn't make up for the terrible verbal and emotional abuse you've just put this woman through. Sorry. Yeah. It's just not entertaining to watch. No. No. And that was the end of the episode. Yep. Uh, Shelley Duvall ended the show with, bye. I really enjoyed it, which I thought was 
fucking adorable. Um, and everyone just, like, seemed really happy at the end. Like, John Belushi came up and, like, grabbed her by the waist and hugged her. Like, it seemed like they all had a good time. They had a good time. That makes, you know. Some, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have closed my notebook. Okay, I was going to say, I just flipped it because, well, I know I picked, I know I picked my note of the night. Me too. Um, uh, well, well, I'll just say it. My note of the night was Night of the Moonies, which I think we failed to mention earlier. It was black and white. I don't know okay. why. Okay. Um, yeah, no idea why that. My note of the night was uh, John Belushi and Shelley Duvall. They were married and fighting over A Star is Born. And that was almost my note of the night. Yeah. See, my note of the night was going to be the mm-hmm. Moonies, but then that happened, and it was like, well, I don't know. A married couple yelling at each other for 15 minutes straight and just being terrible. It's not my idea of a good time. What was your runner-up? No, it's not. Um, my runner-up would have to be the bank robbery. Yeah. After a good amount at that. Yeah, it was funny. It was nonsensical. Um, and it was one of the less offensive things that we saw this evening. Yep. Your best? Uh, the bad ballet. Bad ballet. Okay. My best was Bride's. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I just thought it was fucking quirky as hell, and I thought the end where it turned out the bride was a bat the whole time, and it was like, well, she was just going to kill her husband-to-be. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. I thought it was funny. The bad graphic was really impressive. <laughs> I, I'm still, I can't get over it. Um, uh, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We're on all major platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. We're on social media at Sat Night High Pod, Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, and Facebook. Night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter. Uh, we have a website, satnighthighpod.com, and you can reach us at satnighthighpod at gmail. Until next time. Happy highs. Oh, happy. <laughs> <laughs> happy happy highs. highs.